Welcome to the Distrust and Disparities podcast, Voices from the Margins of Healthcare. On this podcast, we will explore both current and historical cases of medical injustices within the American healthcare system. We will get into how we can overcome this systemic mistreatment, advocate for ourselves, and close the gap on poor health outcomes and disparities. I'm your host, Jasmine Moore, a registered nurse, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Camille White. We discuss child abuse allegations and briefly mention suicide in this episode. Listener discretion is advised. How could you, don't you guys feel do nothing. this? Do you not feel Sorry, anything? Baby. Let's put the baby in you guys, chair. I'm human. This is I my baby. That. My baby is days old. And you're taking my baby away from me. You're taking my baby away from me. You have no heart. This is so wrong. Just give her a second. Can you give her a second? Don't make it seem like, like I'm crazy, not. okay? Yeah. We support. This is normal. You, I know you have children. Sarah. This is my baby. You may not have babies, but... I carried my baby for nine months. I understand that. So. This is normal. You don't care. Yes, I do. You don't care. Which, would you like to put the baby You could have talked. No, I don't. I want my baby. My baby is healthy and happy. My baby is breastfeeding from me. Are you gonna? What are you gonna give my baby? In episode fifteen, we discuss how systems meant to protect children are traumatizing Black families. We cover Saisha Makedo's story, a Black mother whose child was taken from her after trying to receive help with transitioning him from breastfeeding, and we highlight the Black Mamas Matter Alliance an organization working to address the Black maternal health inequalities by changing policy, cultivating research, shifting culture, and advancing care for Black mamas. Thanks for tuning in to episode 15. Welcome back, fam. We're excited to jump into this week's episode. As we mentioned in last week's episode, and if you've been following our social media, then you know that this week is Black Maternal Health Week. It started April 11th, and it goes till the 17th. So if you don't already know, we're going to let you know what Black Maternal Health Week is. It was founded by the organization Black Mamas Matter Alliance which is also our feature organization for this week. So make sure you listen to the end so you can get more details about them. Black Maternal Health Week is a week of awareness, activism, and community building intended to deepen the national conversation around Black maternal health in the U.S., amplify community-driven policy, research, and care solution. Also, to center the voices of Black mamas, women, families, and stakeholders. It provides a national platform for Black-led entities and efforts on maternal health, Black birth, and reproductive justice, and also to enhance community organizations on Black maternal health. So all this week, we have been tuning into sessions, learning about various different organizations, and what people are doing to improve the maternal health outcomes, especially for Black women. So this year in 2022, the theme for the Black Maternal Health Week is building for liberation, centering Black mamas, Black families, and Black systems of care. 
And that is such a powerful statement and really points to how critical it is to listen to Black women if you are truly invested in ending the maternal mortality crisis that's happening here in the U.S. Exactly. And like you said, the key point is listening to Black women. We'll keep this week's intro short because we want to jump into the main story. We have a few details that we want to cover. But as Camille mentioned, the theme for Black Maternal Health Week is building for liberation, centering Black mamas, Black families, and Black systems of care. Once I saw the theme for this year's Maternal Health Week, this Black woman's story that we're going to cover, it came to mind. The case is so outrageous. I feel like every week we say that, but in this case, it's just unspeakable what was done to this Black family. So as I was reading up on this case and listening to the video to do research for this episode, questions that came in mind are, how can we protect not only Black mamas, but also Black families in a system of oppression? Because once the babies are born and mamas are safely able to deliver after birth, how do we protect families afterwards? So let's jump into this week's story. This week, we will be discussing Saisha Marcado's story. We should be talking about her voice and her acting skills, but this week we'll be covering her traumatic custody battle over her two children. So we'll give you a little bit of background information. Saisha Marcado, like I said, she's an actor and singer. She is most known as being a finalist on the seventh season of American Idol. She finished third place behind David Cook and David Archuleta. In addition to that, after being on American Idol, she also starred in several Broadway musicals, including The Book of Mormon and Dreamgirls. She is married to her husband, Tyrone Denier, and they have two children together. So we will jump into our custody battle. I can't believe this happened just last year. For some reason, I thought it happened a long time ago, but between 2020 and 2021, so many things have happened. And some of you guys might be familiar with this case. Others, you may not or heard little details because like we said, so many things has happened in the past two years. On February 26, 2021, the couple, Saisha and Tyrone, they brought their 13-month baby boy, Aman Ra, and he goes by Ra for short, so in this episode, we'll refer to him as Ra. They brought him to John Hopkins All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida. So they brought him in for what was supposed to be a routine checkup, a routine hospital visit. And, you know, they specifically selected this hospital because it's, I was looking up, you know, a world-renowned children's hospital in Florida. Ra was having difficulty transitioning from breast milk to other fluids. Like I said, he's a 13-month-year-old baby, so this is the time when you start transitioning them off of breast milk. And also, per Saisha, her milk supply was starting to run dry, but her son still was primarily breastfeeding at the time. And 
he was just not accepting any other fluids besides breast milk. So they were having difficulty feeding them. Before going to the hospital, they did reach out to other sources because the family is vegan and they also live a holistic lifestyle. So they reached out to other providers before taking him to the hospital. So other interventions weren't working. So they decided to bring Ra to the hospital. Ra, he had to be admitted to the hospital and he was in the hospital for over two weeks. So he probably had to get IV fluids and have monitoring. They were probably trying to get him to feed through other sources, but just having trouble. However, after two weeks of being in the hospital, Saisha and her husband, they were removed from hospital grounds for trespassing. Even though baby Ra was still in the hospital, they removed the parents. <laughs> That's just insane, though, because what in the world would cause you to then no longer allow them to be able to see their child? who they came to the hospital for to make sure that he was doing okay health-wise. They were literally yeah. the ones that brought Ra to the hospital to make sure that he was okay. And then, you know, you had to intervene with giving him fluids because, you know, he wasn't doing the best he possibly could. They were struggling with weaning him off of breast milk. And then you ban them from hospital grounds so they can't even see their child anymore? It seems extreme. It seems Very real extreme. extreme. Like it, it makes absolutely no sense. So Manatee County's Sheriff's Office, they launched an investigation after authorities received a tip about the child saying that he was suffering from severe malnutrition. They said the child was severely dehydrated, malnourished, and in dire need of a regimen of intravenous feeding. Also, the medical staff reported that Saisha and her husband, Tyrone, they turned down B12 intramuscular shots, which were recommended by the hospital. They told the couple that it was life or death. However, the couple claimed that they did not refuse the B12 shots. And also, this is no reason to take away a child for- no. Refusing a B12 shot or say think, you are not, you're asking questions, you're trying to find out about what is going on with your child, what are they giving him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can think of so many well-known like celebrity faces, many whom are white, that turn down any sort of shot, any sort of anything because of their misinformation tied to autism. So are you also banning them from hospital grounds if their child is dealing with something and they're questioning what you're giving them? I don't think that would be the same case because plenty of parents are refusing to get their child's vaccines like for measles and stuff. I don't see y'all snatching those kids away. Exactly. Like plenty of parents, you're allowed to refuse treatment. And if you don't want it, and the hospital's responsibility is to tell you why the child needs this, to all offer you alternatives, and you still have the right to refuse. Mm -hmm. But the extremes of removing the parents from the hospital and also reporting them to Child Protective Services 
claiming allegations of malnutrition. She's bringing her child to the hospital because she's having trouble weaning him off of breast milk and he's not accepting additional fluids. So she's coming in for help. Yes. And to get answers to her problems. Saisha, she reports that she was never notified when her son was going to be discharged. And the child welfare officials, they placed Ra in foster care. This just seems very extreme. And they said they did not talk to the family about placing him with possible relatives. They even point out that court documents, they even show that it would be traumatizing to remove Ra from his parents' care and put him in foster care, but they still did it. So you knew it would be, this is the most traumatic outcome that you can versus there are other alternatives, education, educating Mm -hmm. the parents on what they need to do, what they need to do to follow up so that the child won't have to come to the hospital and get intravenous hydration and fluids. You went to the extreme as though he was literally on his last leg of life when that wasn't the case. And if you saw that, okay, maybe they're living their vegan lifestyle and they might be having issues with, I don't know, like they didn't talk about if they were using a particular type of formula or maybe they didn't want to use formula because most of it is, you know, cow based. I can understand Mm -hmm. then, okay, we'll set you up with a social worker. Someone will come to your home, you know, once he's discharged and since he's been weaned off of your breast milk, we're going to set you up with someone that's going to stop by, you know, maybe twice a week, maybe more, maybe less and check in on you to see how he's doing, see how you're doing because of the difficulty of weaning him off. And also she was pregnant at the time. So that's why her milk supply was being affected. And it just, it makes no sense where you went to this entire extreme of like, he is in such better hands in your system, your foster care system than with his own parents or with another family member. Like that makes absolutely no sense at all. And you are just trying to rip this family apart because you can and like you feel like it. Yeah, you knew that it would be traumatizing, traumatic to remove this child from their parents' care, yet you did it. You didn't explore any other alternatives. The judge that presided over this case, he based his ruling off of information provided by medical experts, and he decided that Ra would need a specialized care from a medical foster home. No one in their extended family, including Tyrone's mother, who was their emergency contact, was even allowed to be an option to care for Ra. Saisha, she was quoted as saying, our son has been placed with a white foster family without interviewing qualified relatives or friends of our family for placement while they investigated. We were given limited information and presently only have weekly Zoom visitations for an hour with our son with no court order stating these visitation limits. Y'all having Zoom meetings with a 13-month-old? Are you right. are you kidding me? Like, and this is all over again. They brought their child in because they were worried and they wanted to get medical help to make sure that he was doing okay. And this is their, oh no, we're gonna snatch him and you can see him through a computer screen. 
And mind you, the Florida foster care system is already overcrowded, overpopulated. They don't have the funds and the resources to support the kids that are already in the system, but you're going to take a kid away and place him in supposedly what is going to, he's going to get specialized care. How come the first job is not to keep the child with the parent and bring in people that can educate the parent? Mm -hmm. It just, it doesn't make sense how we just thought the best option was to remove him from his parents. Also, just not to place him with anybody in his immediate family. Or someone that they trusted. And like Saisha said, like you could have interviewed, you know, relatives and friends that we would be comfortable with our children being with to, you know, vet out and make sure that they were the appropriate person. But instead you went with a complete stranger, which makes no sense. Another thing too that Tyrone brought up and pointed out was that every person who handled Ra's case was white from the case manager to the guardian to the judge. And so one of the biggest key players in how this all got rolling and how this all happened where Ra was taken from their custody was because of Dr. Sally Smith. And she was the doctor that evaluated Ra and then sort Mm -hmm. of determined that he should be taken away. And so Dr. Smith is the head of a children protection team, and she pretty much oversees nearly every case at the all children's hospital that have suspicious injuries. Dr. Smith is considered one of the most powerful figures in the child welfare system in Florida's Gulf Coast. And she has a long history of being criticized by defense attorneys, parents, and child welfare employees for her aggressive way of interrogating parents. Yeah, I was reading up the article about her, and it says she'll just walk into the room. She won't introduce herself to the parents, won't tell them who her role is. She'll just start examining the child, taking pictures, and won't talk to the parents at all. And then she'll leave out. Like one case she was quoted as saying, this is child abuse. I'm going to take you down for this. And I don't get how like you can determine that within a matter of minutes. That mm-hmm. it, it takes much longer to really try to ascertain what's going on, what's happening, especially with children it, in Ra's situation. They're so young. He can't communicate with you and tell you what's happened, what's going on. And it's it's crazy that she wields so much power and that there are so many people who have been ultimately victims of that power that she wields, where you have defense attorneys and parents and child welfare employees saying that her tactics are unreasonable. And Mm -hmm. they've even wondered why she often saw injuries that were invisible to other doctors but, you know, she walks in the room and automatically she sees something that literally no one else saw. And then you end up just traumatizing an entire family because you you know for sure you saw something. And so now this child mm-hmm. has to be removed. Other experts in the field, they point out that this is a hard job. Identifying whether a child has been abused, if it was done by the parents, you know, if you're, they were saying if you're too soft, the child could end up going back to a home where they could be abused again. But then mm-hmm. also if you're too hard, you're also sending them to 
the foster care system, which could be even more traumatic. But experts, they say when you're interviewing parents, you will get to the truth. There's ways to go about it that does not have to be in such an aggressive manner that defense attorneys, parents, and child welfare officials are reporting that she goes about it. You Mm -hmm. know, in any role, you need to introduce yourself to the parents and explain your role and what's going on. By doing Mm -hmm. a thorough investigation, bringing in other experts, taking your time and thoroughly combing through the case, you will get to the truth. But it's no way to come in not speaking to the parents and just after looking at the child, telling them this is abuse. You need to go back, look at your findings, review the pictures, look at the child's chart, medical records, and then come up with your ultimate findings and what you're going to do. And people say when they're talking to the doctor that's investigating the child abuse, that it can be the equivalent of talking to the police without knowing your rights. So Mm. the parents are completely blindsided. It's just so unfortunate that like she thinks that she's, you know, taking her job seriously and there's nothing wrong with the way in which she handles herself. But I don't understand how anyone based off of, you know, a limited interaction with a child and their parents can then immediately go, this is child abuse, especially in cases like this. Maybe other cases you can immediately tell or if it's a child that can actually speak for themselves and you mm-hmm. ask them questions of like, hey, what happened? Or, you know, why do you have so many bruises? Or And they can tell you or maybe they might be giving you, you know, answers that seem suspicious or rehearsed. Still, though, you can't make that determination in such a short amount of time. Like you said, you need Mm -hmm. to do more research. You need to talk to others and then come to a final conclusion of like, okay, this is what's going on. Also on Dr. Smith, USA Today, they did an investigation into Florida's child welfare system. And also they reviewed hundreds of Smith's cases and they found that So it was more than a dozen cases where charges were dropped or parents were acquitted and the caregivers, they were proven to be innocent, yet they suffered irredeemable damage to their lives and their reputations. And not to mention going through this legal battle, that's a lot of money and time Mm -hmm. that you're using to fight these claims. There Mm -hmm. was even... One parent that was investigated by Dr. Sally Smith that ended up committing suicide after being wrongly accused of abusing their child. It shouldn't come down to this. That's just unacceptable. And USA Today, they reached out to Dr. Smith, but she wouldn't say anything. But she denied any problems with her work when she was questioned. In any field, if you're noticing charges are being dropped, you know, parents are getting off, are being acquitted, other doctors are saying, you know, you're too aggressive, wouldn't that be, hey, let me take a step back, let me do some more courses, let me get further training, but just to say, there's no problems with my work. There's no accountability there. Mm -hmm. To say that there's no accountability where you're literally going... 
I'm perfect. There, there is mm-hmm. nothing wrong with what I'm doing at all. I've never made a mistake. I've never claimed something that ended up being wrong. And that is so dangerous when she mm-hmm. wields so much power because you can so quickly destroy someone's life by saying that they abused their children. And mm-hmm. you're doing it in such a way that, like, you're not backing up with true research into these particular situations. You're coming in, I feel like, all ready to go of, like, oh, I got to look at something. So if someone's bringing me in or someone's, you know, calling me down to look at this child, there must be something wrong. And it feels as though she's walking into these situations already determining there's something wrong. I'm going to find it. I'm going to say I found it. And That'll be the end of it. And this child will now go into the system. And you act as though the child welfare system is perfect place for these children to be where Mm -hmm. you're you're not taking it as seriously as you should, where that is the last case scenario. That should be the last, last thing you should ever do in removing a child and putting them into the child welfare system. Like, did you exhaust all other efforts of putting them with, you know, relatives, even family, friends? You literally just went to the extreme and you you can't undo that harm. And it's unfortunate, too, that she doesn't even feel as though she's done any harm. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no problems with her work. Exactly. This child abuse expert role for doctors, it's a new specialty. And there needs to be more checks and balances so that... Couples like Saisha and Tyrone and the multiple families that were wrongly accused of child abuse, they do not have to go through this traumatic event. So on Mother's Day 2021, Saisha and Tyrone, they went public about their custody battle and to air their grievances and to talk about what was going on. Because at first, when they removed Saisha and Tyrone from the hospital, the guards, they was like, oh, it'll only be a day. And on the press conference, she's like, it's been over 50 days that I have not been able to see my child, that my child is not home with me. In the press conference, she explains why she took Rod to the hospital because she was concerned as a parent for his nutrition. And she knows that she was having difficulty weaning him off. And also she's not producing milk. So she took him to the hospital to get help. And they ended up taking her child from her. And some quotes I want to highlight include, he wanted his mama's breast milk, like a lot of breastfeeding babies do. And I went to the hospital in the middle of this entire process, in the middle of the waning process, which I know a lot of mothers out there experience all the time. I was met with a lot of judgment and accusations that literally just started to spiral out of control. We were treated like criminals, just basically for going into the hospital and doing what a lot of parents do, seeking medical assistance. Never could I have imagined going to that specific hospital to get help for my child but walking away without my child. Mm. And in this video, you just hear how heartbreaking it is. Can you imagine you're bringing your loved one to the hospital to get help and they, your child, and they take them away from you? How unimaginable that is to happen, just going through that and also being pregnant at the same time. Like you're fighting a whole legal custody battle and also being 
pregnant at the same time. It's just a lot. It's so much. And because of going public with this press conference and because of her fame due to people knowing her from American Idol and being on Broadway, her story received a lot of attention. And luckily, Saisha and Tyrone, they were able to get a get support. So they ended up starting a GoFundMe page and raised more than $465,000 in donations. And that went to covering legal fees. Because like you said, this whole process is expensive when you have to get attorneys and go to court and file motions or whatever it is you all have to do. That is so expensive. Mm -hmm. And several attorneys and organizations, including the We Have the Right to Be Right, were involved in helping Saish and Tyrone bring Ra home. Even while they were going through this, because they were receiving a lot of attention, they also highlighted other parents who were facing the same thing. Like, hey, go support this family as well. They're going through the same thing that we are going through. So even though they're going through this hard times, they're also uplifting and trying to bring attention to what is happening system-wide. Like, this is just not uh, isolated event. Other mm-hmm. parents are also facing these same issues. Yeah, because I feel like that's them understanding the privilege of her having fame. So yeah. later on in 2021, in August, you know, this situation is already so terrible, but then it got far worse. So she was already going through the stressful and traumatic process of having Ra taken away. And like we mentioned, Saisha was pregnant during the whole ordeal. So in early August, Saisha gave birth to a baby girl. On August 11th, only 10 days after their baby girl was born, Saisha and Tyrone were forced to turn her over to the Manatee County authorities because they had a court order to bring the girl to the hospital. Then after a court hearing on August 12th, their daughter was kept in protective custody. Saisha and Tyrone recorded the entire traumatic incident of when their daughter was taken away from them. Mm -hmm. And they posted it on Instagram with the caption, they took our baby again. It was an hour long video. It starts with them being pulled over and... It was multiple sheriff officers or police cars surrounding the car. Saisha is explaining, hey, we just took our baby to the doctor yesterday and they said our baby girl was healthy. What is this for? And you hear Tyrone calling the lawyers and telling them, hey, they want to take our newborn baby. She's just 10 days old. They want to take her. And Tyrone points out, they told officials that all communications were to go through their lawyer. So they never received a court order to turn over their baby. And they, like I said, they had the paperwork proven that she had just went to the doctor yesterday. This whole response doesn't even make sense of she's 10 days old and you're Mm -hmm. just like, oh, we have a court order to take her to. You already took raw and like a court order saying what? You have no proof of anything that there's anything wrong with this 10-day-old baby that mm-hmm. you want to take her. You don't it wasn't as though you had a doctor contact you and tell you that there was something wrong with this baby, this newborn. 
you and then to do all this traumatically on the side of the road, pulling them over and telling them, like, hand us your child. Just give mm-hmm. us your baby. It right. makes absolutely no sense. Absolutely no sense at all. They took them to their first appointment and didn't have any issues. There's no reason to take the baby or what is going on? What are your findings from your report? Are you, what are you finding? This just seems very extreme. And the sheriff deputies, they reported they had to take the baby because the couple did not inform authorities that she had given birth while she was in the midst of a legal battle over custody of her first child. But they, if they were concerned, they could have reached out to her lawyers mm-hmm. and say, hey, she's in a custody battle. We need to make sure this child is okay. And also, I want to point out, Tyrone has three other children that were living with them. The children were also in the car with Saisha and Tyrone when they were being pulled over. So you're just snatching this newborn baby away just to take them away. The other kids are older. They were like six, seven, and eight. No issues with them. They were fine, healthy kids. Mm-hmm. Like, are you doing checks on them? If you're so right. worried about the parenting of these two and how they take care of children, you would have done a full evaluation physical on those other three kids. If you really cared and you really were looking into what you thought were legitimate allegations of them not being good parents, but it just seems like you were just helping on taking these young babies away from them. For what reason? Like you, it, it, it's just so infuriating. Like y'all are just trying to ruin their their entire lives and just ruin their families and put them through so much, especially when the act of traumatically pulling them over on the side of the road when they're like clearly going somewhere as a family. Mm -hmm. Like, and they said it was a surprise, like traffic stop. They had no idea. And like I said, they told the County or whoever was handling the case to go through their lawyers So if you were concerned or you wanted to know when she gave birth to the second baby, reach out to their lawyers. You could arrange Mm -hmm. something to meet her at her doctor. You could arrange to meet meet them at the hospital. There's no reason to pull them over in the car. And in the video, she's trying to quickly, she's holding on to her baby in her lap in the backseat. And she's also trying to pump milk because she's like, you're taking my baby. You don't have milk for her why are you taking my baby? You know, she's trying Mm -hmm. to gather things and there's multiple people. All of them are white. They're like, we have to take the baby. We have to take the baby. And they're just saying the same thing. It's like, we have to. And she's like, my baby is days old. You're taking my baby away from me. You have no heart. This is wrong. It's not like, Hey, can we look at your paperwork? Hey, can we call and see like, does this have to be done on the side of the road? say they bought EMS with them. Like, let's call EMS. Mm-hmm. You, mom and child get in the back of the EMS vehicle. We'll transport you to the hospital. We'll go together. But why do you have to separate mom from child is what I don't understand. It's just so wrong. The audio clip that was played in the beginning, that's of Saisha crying and screaming out that they're taking my baby. It was just It's so hard to watch this video. It's like, even though I've read the reports that they're going to take the child, just listening to it and watching it and live video, you're just hoping like, no, no, please don't take the child. Don't take the child. But it happens. It's just 
so heartbreaking. And we'll link to the video because it is posted on Saisha's Instagram page. But take a look at it because it is just heartbreaking. Just imagine your baby being taken from you. Somebody that you love dearly, just taken from you, wrongly taken from you Mm -hmm. with no reason. And so on August 17th, so their baby girl was taken from them on August 11th. By August 17th, the couple's lawyer reported that Roth and Aset they were with an estranged relative and that Saisha and Tyrone were able to visit them only once a week. And so, you know, they're pointing out that at least the children are together, but they're still not with who Saisha and Tyrone wanted them to be with. They have so many mm-hmm. other family members, friends, and supporters that they would have chosen. It's not with someone they would have chosen. It's an estranged relative. But the video that Saisha posted of their baby girl being taken away received over 3 million views and shares. And that ended up with them receiving even more media attention to their case with Ra and then also now with a set. So because of all of this media attention, then famous civil rights lawyers, Derek Burroughs, Luis Baptiste and Ben Crump all decided to join their legal team to help them with the custody battle of now both their children that were taken away. So this ended up leading to their youngest child, a set being returned to Saisha and Tyrone within two weeks of her being taken. And like you said, if this wasn't recorded and if it didn't receive the media attention and just the outcry of just so many parents and people watching this and demanding that their children be returned, how long would the youngest child have stayed in there. And mind you, still, Ra is still with the estranged relative. Mm -hmm. So you have to literally record yourself and prove that you're being mistreated by the Mm -hmm. system. Most people now do have access to be able to do that. But then the problem is, it's like, I have to now physically show you that this is wrong and this shouldn't be happening for something to change instead of like, In the video, there are so many people involved in all of this. There are so many people Mm -hmm. witness to this where did none of y'all question, why are we pulling them over to snatch this baby away? Like, what what are the charges? What is going on that, like, if we're snatching a baby away from them, are we not arresting them too? Are we not impounding their car? There are three children in the backseat. Are we not taking them with us as well? Why is no one who's involved really questioning things? And it's also like, Tyrone Mm -hmm. has pointed out many a times all the people involved, all the people who have power in this situation are white and they are black. So it it brings into question many of things of like, would you all be doing this to a white family who resembled us, who did all the same things as us, who were vegans like us? Would you be doing the same thing? Because it makes absolutely no sense. And that video shows that y'all were wrong. Y'all were wrong as hell to take that baby Mm -hmm. away. Because that's the only reason why they recording it, she got returned so quickly. You had Mm -hmm. no reasoning. You had no reasoning at all. It's just inhumane. There's Mm -hmm. no other way to put it. Like, nobody questioned, like, hey, is there a better way to do it? Like, why do we have to separate mom and child? Why are Mm -hmm. we doing this on the side of the road? Like, 
we're just going to take the baby and then the parents can just go. Like, why? It just seems like you're just doing this to be cruel. Yeah. There's no other way to put this. All this is unnecessary. This is just cruel to drag a family through all this. Mm -hmm. You're not listening to them from the jump. She came in for help. But instead, you decided, oh, this child is severely malnourished. You know, they're not cooperating allegedly not cooperating with what we want done. We don't mm-hmm. agree with what they're doing, so we're going to take their child away. When you go into the hospital, you still have rights. You don't have to listen to everything Mm-mm. that the doctors say or recommend. And they're supposed to give you alternatives. But for them to just snatch your baby away, it just makes no sense. It's just so, so frustrating. And It was a seven-month legal battle with the state and local health officials over the custody of Ra. It wasn't until early October 2021 that Saisha and her family were reunited with their son, Ra. She took to Instagram. She posted, Ra is officially back with us, but... We still have to deal with six months of supervision with the state coming into our home every week for the next six months to show that we are competent and able to raise our own baby. And that's when it's just like, that should have been maybe one of the first things and definitely not a six month period, but it should have been like, okay, you brought him in. He had difficulty with receiving other fluids. For a month now, after he's released from the hospital, we're going to do checkups. We're going to come in, you know, multiple times a week to check in and make sure that he's doing okay. Because I remember with Saisha saying in this video, it was this whole situation of he was not allowed to lose weight. When they did these check-ins over six months, Mm -hmm. Ra was not allowed to lose any weight at all, which again, makes no sense where like there are weight fluctuations with everybody. And that is not a determinant of whether or not he is healthy. That is not, Mm -hmm. you know, a deciding factor of you're a good parent. You know, kids are picky Mm -hmm. eaters. Like so many things that cause a child to lose weight other than, you know, oh, you're just a terrible parent. You don't know what you're doing and you don't deserve to even be a parent to this child. And it was just y'all were cruel and then you continue to be cruel even after you finally gave him back when he shouldn't have been taken in the first place. And then- In a separate video, Saisha said, our son is exactly where he needs to be. He's home. He's with his family. But he should have never been taken in the first place. And she said that the family is still living this nightmare with the state. You already took the child. And then you put in this pressure on the parents to make sure that he maintains a certain weight. And like you said, children, their weight fluctuate. And you're also messing with the normal eating habits of a toddler at this point. Because toddlers are allowed, they say with toddlers, they're picky eaters. If mm-hmm. It'll be times where they don't want to eat, but then eventually they'll come in and they will eat. But just because they're not eating certain things or picking and choosing, everything levels out. And this is called like intuitive eating is mm-hmm. what little kids naturally do. Where they'll eat things and they know when they're full and they know when they're not. So now you're constantly obsessing over what he's eating versus just raising a happy, healthy baby. 
But now you have the state, other people coming in and doing things. And also I wanted to point out, so after they return Rod to the family, then they're able to come in and check in the home, making sure that they're, I hate the word, competent to, you know, raise their children. But Mm -hmm. how come from the beginning you could not release Rod with their parents and then have somebody come in, check on them? That would have been, this is excessive, but it's not as traumatizing and traumatic as snatching the child and putting him with a foster family that he does not know. Like, how come now you can do this? But in the beginning, you thought it was appropriate just to place him into a foster care system. Mm -hmm. And no charges were filed against Tyrone and Saisha. So they were allowed to get their child back. I'm assuming the outcome was, you know, they weren't intentionally not feeding their babies. And with children, they can quickly become dehydrated. It can happen really quickly. Saisha and Tyrone, they insist that their children and what happened to them is a prime example of racial discrimination that happens not only in the Florida County that they are from, but across the state. And We're going to go further into this investigation into like the foster care system, because according to one study cited by the Center for the Study of Social Policy, 11% of Black children in the U.S. will have experienced foster care placement before the age of 18, compared to 4.9% of white children. This week's featured organization, like Jasmine mentioned earlier in the episode, is the Black Mamas Matter Alliance. And it was sparked by a partnership between the Center for Reproductive Rights and Sister Song Women of Color Reproductive Justice Collective and began in 2013. And so these two organizations collaborated on story collection and on the obstacles that Southern Black women face in accessing maternal health care, which ended up leading to poor maternal health outcomes and persistent racial disparities. So the mission of Black Mamas Matter is to center Black mamas and advocate for them to drive research, to build power, and to shift culture for Black maternal health rights, and justice. And their vision is a world where Black mamas have the rights, respect, and resources to thrive before, during, and after pregnancy. They're looking at the total spectrum of Black women, Black mamas, and what they have to go through. We want to support them while they're pregnant, during the whole process, and after they give birth. Because as Saisha's case pointed out, there are still obstacles that you have to face raising a Black family in this world. And some of the goals that Black Mamas Matter have are, one, changing policy. So they introduce an advanced policy grounded in human rights that address Black maternal health inequity and improve Black maternal health outcomes. They also cultivate research So they want to leverage the talent and knowledge that exists in Black communities and cultivate innovative research methods to inform the policy agenda so, again, Black maternal health outcomes are improved. They also want to just advance care for Black mamas. So that means exploring, introducing, and enhancing holistic and comprehensive approaches to care. And then they want to shift the culture 
where you're going to redirect and reframe the conversation on Black maternal health and amplify the voices of Black mamas. Exactly. Prioritizing listening to Black mamas and what they need, what their experiences are giving birth in this system, and what can we learn from this? What can we do better? And I like how it's an alliance. They're working with bringing together all these different organizations that are working for the same thing, reproductive justice for Black mamas, reproductive rights. So building upon what each organization is doing and amplifying what they're doing so that everyone is on the same page so that we can improve the health outcomes for Black mamas. And like we said, improving the health outcomes for Black mamas will improve outcomes for everyone. This is a maternal crisis for everyone in the United States that's giving birth. So like always, we will include links to the Black Mamas Matter Alliance website in our show notes. And if you follow us on our social media, we'll have links there. This is Black Maternal Health Week. It's wrapping up, but you can still find ways to participate and Mm -hmm. follow their social media on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook and get involved. Go to their website to find resources. You can donate there as well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Saisha McCardo's story is an important example of why we need to dismantle the systems in place that were never meant to protect Black people and why Black Mamas Matter and other organizations are key to us not only surviving, but thriving. If you would like to suggest a topic we should discuss, share your own personal story, or shout out an organization or individual, please email us at distrustanddisparities at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Distrust and Disparities and Twitter at DistrustPod. Thank you.